Hi, it's Mike Crawford. Welcome to the FGX. We have a special guest on the phone, returning guest, front of the show. Uh, he's a, I call him Sergeant, and I don't know if he likes that, but he's a veteran. He's definitely uh, been fighting for veterans for a long time in Massachusetts. Uh, he's also now an Oxbridge selectman, so he's also a politician now. He's also the C- CEO now of uh, United Mass Wellness, which is a dispensary applicant in Massachusetts. Uh, what's up, Stephen Mandeli? Hey, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me on, and, and thanks for um, you know talking about these issues. Uh, I've, I've uh, been super busy, um, as you know, as everyone, uh, every potential applicant. Um, Right now in Massachusetts, trying to get their, you know, their applications moving forward. Um, it can be frustrating, very time-consuming, uh, very consuming financially as well. But um, yeah, I've been, uh, been doing well, just trying to get some um, progress made with some, um, with being able to help out veterans in Massachusetts, and really not just veterans. The bill, which is um, <clears throat> Bill H two four seven four. It really helps out a lot of people, actually, not just veterans. It helps out uh, those suffering and living with PTSD and opioid use disorder because neither of those things are um, exclusive to the veteran community. Um, as a whole society, there's so many people suffering uh, and living with those those issues. And then the other part of the bill is creating a, a, uh, a new pathway in Massachusetts um, similar to other states, which I adopted, um, pathways that places like Illinois and North Dakota have um, already in place where veterans um, don't have to go to a referral clinic or anything like that. They can use their uh, documentation and paperwork from the VA and send it directly to the state to become patients. Um, it's, it's not changing the way anyone becomes a patient. It's adding another option. You know, like, so if a veteran still wants to go to a doctor, you know, that's fine. They can still go about it that way. But for veterans that, um, you know, feel confident enough with their knowledge and know that they're, you know, they're not taking any medications, they're going to interact negatively uh, with cannabis, that they can move forward and do it in a less time-consuming and a, l- a lot less expensive way. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's just uh, because, you know, again, I'm looking at a renewal right now of my medical card. Yep. And knowing how much trouble I caused the state this year, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to give me a renewal. Like, is it worth me to send in the two hundred and fifty dollars? It's two hundred dollars to see a doctor, cash, and then I have to pay the state fifty dollars, and then I have to wait to see how long it will take to get approved. <laughs> while veterans now have an opportunity to to, to avoid at least the two hundred and possibly the fifty too. So I mean, they're definitely saving the two hundred dollars if they if they get it through the VA that way. That's that's excellent. And the VA is free for most veterans, right? Yep. So um yeah, so the fifty dollars has already been removed for veterans getting that That's right. So you you yeah. say so so earlier you, you <laughs> got that uh, fee waived. Actually the fee was waived for everybody actually. I actually right. I gotta correct myself. This year I won't actually have to pay the fifty dollar fee, so I'd only pay two hundred dollars this year. I'm gonna have to go see a doctor, pay the two hundred dollars, and wait for the state. Um, and you, you were part of that, weren't you? Pushing for a while to get rid of that fifty dollar fee. Yes, uh, I started that. Geez, I started that back probably like 2015 with uh, with Senator Lewis when uh, with, with the, you know there was no control commission yet; it was just under the DPH. 
and uh, we were working to uh, to have that removed. Had a had a docker number and everything written up, um, but there was pushback against that at the time. That's right. And you and I never forgot it. We we've been fighting for that ever since. And I, it's funny because we get wins sometimes, and I even forget about them. Like we fought for that right. win for so long, and I, I'm like, I'm still thinking I'm paying the fifty dollar fee. It's funny <laughs> how how life works. But uh, yeah, I mean that's awesome. So now we're trying to get this bill passed, and it's. Yes. H four two seven four is that correct? Correct, yes. And the and um, so the state house who who's sponsoring this bill? So we have uh we have bipartisan sponsorship actually. Uh we have both, you know, Democrat and Republican sponsors. Uh the way it came about was I approached you know, I, I did this again, this is the way it is for everybody in Massachusetts. I approached my state representative, Representative Michael Soder, um about, you know, with with text of this bill, and I explained it to him once in there with all the research, uh, you know, knew of all the states that were already doing this. So, again, I didn't go in there and say, hey, we need to create something brand new, let's reinvent the wheel, let's do it. I simply looked at other states and, and figured out ways to improve our program here by adopting what other places are doing. And I think that's, you know, one of the easiest ways to grow. And, and it's, it's shown to be plug and play. If it can be done in another state, it can be done here. So let me ask you a question real quick, because yep. a lot of times I think people want to see changes, but they don't even know how to. I think most people understand about contacting the state rep, but I don't think they understand that uh, having a bill written and something that some checks that you can give a state rep or a state senator, because that's their big thing. Is a lot of times they, they, they might even want to do this for you, but they don't have the time to write a bill when they've written hundreds of bills that year. Right. So, like, how do you get? How did you get something that you can hand your state rep that was, you know, in legalese, a bill? Like, did you write it? Did you copy it? Did you get a lawyer involved? How did you go nope. about that? How do people do that? So I wrote the, you know, the basics, the premise of what I wanted accomplished, and the, um, the, the, you know, I did my due diligence and I brought in research and statistics and like, you know, citing the other states and, and their bills and, and the, you know you know, Bill 55 under Section 60, kind of thing like that, and uh, and brought it to them. And they thought it was something that could move forward. So from there, it got submitted to the House Council, and that's where it got kind of, you know, translated into legal jargon. Um, so so House Council, the House or Senate Council, whichever you go to, will will do that for you and put it in the correct terminology to be applicable to a bill. Very good. Yeah. But again, like I said, you, you can't just be like, "Hey, I think this should be done." Can you do this? Like, you have to go in there with a lot of supporting oh, yeah. uh, evidence and, and really be able to do, do your homework. And so, so you're a selectman now, an expert. Who who is the rep that you're working with? Who who is the rep that you went in to talk to first? Uh, Michael Soder is my representative. Oh, that was Michael Soder. Okay. So imagine you you have some other like you said Democrats and Republicans supporting this. Yep. There's a hearing coming up. Is that correct? Yes, uh, next Tuesday, January 28th from one well, this, to four. Well, more likely, yeah, this Tuesday. Really, I mean, by the time this comes right. out, it'll be the weekend basically. So this 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 next Tuesday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. So Tuesday, on Tuesday, yes. this Tuesday, basically. It's exciting, and uh, no, that's the state house. Yep, that's true. Yeah, so there's a, a Facebook event page which we'll link on here. Um, people can can check in there. There's a lot of uh, 
information on that. You know, and this came out of um, out of also the other project I'm working on and, and doing the the survey and the study on veterans' health and cannabis use in Massachusetts. And off the top of you know, right off the bat, the number one barrier price to cost. Right? Right. It's what we've always said. Price and cost. cost which yep. which is what again, you and I and yep. so many other patients. I mean yeah. it's so funny like, because you guys do the surveys and all, and every time I see the numbers I'm like, this just reconfirms what we already do, really. I mean, exactly. Because we've been we we talk to people, we just don't record it and and get the large numbers like you guys have been doing. So tell us about that more about that because you you work with a group and now you're you're like working with uh, universities. Like tell us all about. That. Are you still there? Did we lose you? Uh oh. Stephen. Yeah, you there? Yeah, you're there. Okay, good. Okay, you still hear me, all right. <clears throat> yeah, so I've uh I approached um Dr. Marion McNabb with the um uh Cannabis Community Care and Research Network, C Theranus as they're known in short, um and approached her with this idea of of doing a an anonymous survey to get this data because so many times I go in there and I you know, I'm talking about my personal experiences and, and things I know from from hearing other people. But never having like a big number and then being specific, you know, like that, what they what they desire. Data. Yep, data. It's all about data. You gotta be able to show the stats. And um I approached him, I said, Hey, you know, can we do this, you know, but mind you, this is gonna be a very difficult task because uh, you know, veterans like being surveyed. Veterans don't like giving out the information that could possibly incriminate them and possibly be a reason why they lose some of their um some of their benefits from the VA, like access to uh, prescription medications. Excuse me. Um, and again, it took a it took you know research, science, data. It's not cheap, so we had to uh, we had to figure out ways to fund it, and decided you know let's let's ask some of the cannabis industry businesses here, the dispensaries, cultivation, and stuff like that, um, to to sponsor the survey. And uh, you know, it was it was challenging to get them to see the value in it in the survey. Um, as just you know, are you going to do this? Pay for it? It's going to help us. So I thought there's got to be a way to like add value so the and, you know sponsors can see some sort of return on investment. So I reached out to uh, Joint Venturing Co. Um, the CEO there, Ann Brim. I've known her for quite a few years now, um, but she's doing some great uh, business development work and said to her, you know, like, can we possibly put together an event series um, that we can do across the Commonwealth? Uh, so we came up with different sponsorship packages for these for these businesses to come in to be able to fund the survey and also be a part of the event series, which, you know, we're going to be finishing up on the 29th next week, Wednesday night, at uh, Babson College. Um, it, it's been awesome. Our events have been incredible. We've had... Uh, Two members of Congress send us personal videos. We have Senator Elizabeth Warren and um, Congresswoman Elizabeth Warren and Congressman Seth Moulton make personalized videos uh, supporting what we're doing and supporting uh, candidates for veterans. Um, we've also had commissioners from the CCC speak. We've had physicians and healthcare professionals, a couple of local dispensary owners, uh, many entrepreneurs. And uh, what I'm most proud of is 
we've had nine veterans come and speak at five of our events with another veteran that's going to be speaking um, at again on the 29th at the next event. So that'll be 10 uh, veterans over the last six events, and some of them representatives of veteran service organizations like the DAV in Massachusetts, like Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, and also Easter Seals, and also UMass Dartmouth, um, which they're the ones that set up the structure of the survey and approved IRB of the of the study, so they're working with us on this. So it's been incredible that we include all those people, and we're trying to like promote uh, you know, diversity as well. We've we've been doing working with entrepreneurs, we've been working with small business, big business, trying to bring everyone together um, and giving everyone a voice and making this a shared platform for for progress. So that's awesome. Name, yeah. Very cool. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so you're working with UMass Dartmouth and you're working with all these other groups. It's uh, pretty amazing. And so this bill again is on Tuesday. H. Yep. Four two seven four. You can write your state reps, your your state senators now to support this bill. And again, this bill uh, is for medical cannabis. It would the big thing that it would do. It would allow veterans to get their medical card without having to pay two hundred dollars to one of these medical cannabis clinics. Correct. Yes, and you know the price is a barrier, but for a lot of veterans too, the barrier is, is talking to a new clinician, especially one right. that. You know, you're only going there for this one thing. It's not like you can go there and be like, hey, you know, I need to talk about a problem I'm having. You know, we have the doctors for that that we, that we um, unfortunately, due to prohibition, you know, we don't have access to commits at the VA. So, you know, we, the veteran community suffers from prohibition, just like um, a lot of other, a lot of, you know, people in healthcare, people in the justice system, there's a lot of harm is being done still because of prohibition. Now, I want to ask you a question about this bill because I, I've heard through the grapevine, there was a hearing today, um, the Cannabis Control Commission had a special hearing for economic empowerment where they heard quite a bit from the community. And I heard that uh, there was something was brought up about H4274 and they had a vote about it. So what, what, what happened? <laughs> so uh, thanks to... Uh Commissioner Shaleen Title, who we all love, she's she's the champion of of, of Massachusetts in my eyes for for cannabis and, and the community and, and patients really. Um, so she asked that the that the commission uh, take a vote in in writing a letter of support from the commission to the uh, legislator. Um, it was all in good good intentions. Unfortunately, uh, made some of the other commissioners kind of uncomfortable. They felt uh, Specifically, it started with Commissioner Flanagan stated that, you know, her words, I'm not comfortable with the commission telling the legislator what to do. Um, I don't see it exactly as, like, as rough as that. It's kind of like you're you're saying you support, you know, this happening, and, and, and you're willing to be able to follow it. I mean, it's the governing body of the commission, the Joint Committee on Cannabis Policy. I would think that they would uh, appreciate a little bit of input from the commission. I would ask her why why did they do that for the host community agreement then? <laughs> I mean they've already done that actually. So they're you know, something that's far more controversial in a way. I mean you know. I mean I, I guarantee you the C V A doesn't want that uh host community agreement to pass. You know, the right. the uh proposal that the right. cannabis control commission basically asked the state to pass this new law about host community agreements that I want to see passed, but they've already done that. So it's kind of funny. On this, 
which is not controversial, which would support veterans. Yeah. It, that is weird. Yeah. Very I mean, that's, that was a little troubling for me to hear. You know, a few of them saying, you know, I support anything that helps veterans, and then on the other side of them, I'll say, I don't think, you know, it's right for us to do this. And right. Are you more, you know, would you rather help a veteran or would you rather not, you know, um, trouble the legislator? You know, like, yeah. it, it didn't make a lot of sense. But fortunately, um, you know, as individuals, they can all support it. Like, for instance, I've already had a letter of uh, of support sent by the chairman, Steve Hoffman. There you go. Um, yes, in support of the bill. So sure. as an individual, they have no problem supporting it. Okay. I think it's just well, that, 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 that works for me. Maybe maybe yeah. that's the way they did it with the host community agreement, but it didn't seem like right. that. It seemed like as a commission... Maybe maybe they just don't want to be uh, put the task on other bills. Who knows? But it's uh, hopefully they all sign on to this. Yeah, and uh, you know, Commissioner Title also said that she was coming to Tuesday to testify in person in support. So awesome. Huge. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's um it's it's all pretty interesting too. Um, and this isn't like piling on or anything, but I have been um. I brought something to the attention of the commission, actually, three members of the commission, Chairman Hoffman, Commissioner Title, and Commissioner Doyle, um, of something that was uh, some a bit of over, uh, something that was missed. And the Massachusetts Acts Law of 2017 under Chapter 55, which the, go- the governor signed into, you know, that was the bill that made uh, adult use and everything um, legal here in Massachusetts. Under Section 60 of that, it states, um, and I'm reading this verbatim, the Cannabis Advisory Board, established in Section 77 of Chapter 10 of General Laws, shall provide recommendations related to the cost associated with the purchase of medical marijuana by veterans of the United States military and individuals (laughs) receiving health insurance benefits through the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. The Cannabis Advisory Board shall make recommendations relative to improving cost-effective access to medical marijuana and individuals receiving health insurance benefits through the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. Stephen, are you telling me that... Hold on, hold on. To the Cannabis Control Commission, not later than September 1st, 2018. So you're telling me that they were supposed to do this stuff already by law. They don't even know the law that they're supposed to enforce on veterans. Interesting. (laughs) Oh, God. I try not to bash them. I really don't, but it's like... You know, especially especially title. I got. I just feel like she carries a very heavy burden, and she's doing everything she can. And I and I really feel sometimes terrible for her in the position she's in, um, because I know she really does care. But it's hard not to criticize this cannabis control commission. It's just little things like that that you just here they are worried about stupid laws and rules, and they're supposed to actually by law. Support what you what you have. It's just unbelievable. It's it's unbelievable. And I want to ask you a couple more questions. You have uh, you're with United Mass Wellness. Yes. You're the CEO, and you're an applicant. Is this a dispensary, um, a retail operation, growing? What is it? It is a retail operation. It is myself and um, another veteran. He's actually a minority veteran as well. Um, so we're you know we wanted to be although we want to, you know, be the place everywhere wants to go, a lot of our philanthropic endeavors are going to be, you know, focused on, on veterans and, and veteran issues and organizations. But again, just like 
like um, our service, we, you know, we need to, we, we try to serve everybody. Um, and I, you know, I want to address injustices of the drug war with, with what we can do and, and other issues like um, the disease of addiction, helping others with harm reduction, education on, on, um, uh, on addiction and, and drug use. Uh, so, you know, to kind of combat all that negativity that's been out there for decades um, about, you know, people using drugs somehow being morally, you know, uh, deficient. So we want to combat that as much as we can and break stigma. Okay, what town is that going to be open? Uh, we are still looking. So I have a host agreement in Menden, um, but like a lot of other places, you know, locking down um, property has become an issue. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy. The host agreements make it very tough for small businesses to um, to be sustainable because a lot of them are, you know, they bleed cash for months paying a lease on a place that, you know, if, if the, everything doesn't go through at the end, they're still stuck with a building that they're paying for for years that, you know, has no business in it. So you're just, you're just being drained. That's um, it. We, we call it, uh, you know, it's just flushing money down the toilet and it's, they call it the burn, <laughs> the burn rate. <laughs> Yeah, it's like just they're burning money. It's just like you know, light money on fire. Um, and we've been asking applicants how much a month they've they've been paying in rent. Like we're here right. five thousand, ten thousand, thirty thousand. Um, right. So you you're not actually paying a rent right now because you you got a host community agreement, but you don't have a location really. Right. So we're still looking for that. Um, uh, I've, I've done everything I could. To, uh, to help, again, I, I went to the commission <laughs> back this summer um, because I went ahead and I was getting frustrated that there was no no pathway for uh, veteran entrepreneurs and veteran-owned businesses when at the state levels you can be certified as a, as a um, there's a supplier diversity office. Um, I know this October they made it official, um, Shaleen Title brought it up in a meeting that through the supplier diversity office, they verify a business being either a, a veteran, um, veteran-owned business, woman-owned business, or a minority-owned business. So you can get that certification from the state and apply that now to your application. So those uh, business enterprises get uh, priority status in the application process. Yeah, I heard her mention that today yeah. about this yep. new new way to do it, which is yeah. Hopefully, it really helps. I hope it helps you out. Um, it, it will. I mean, I took that class back in uh, in July. You have to do a two-hour pre-certification at um, at one of the supplier university office classes that they do across the state. The one I went to was at uh, one Ashburton place. Um, you do that. You go through that class. They send you a PIN number. Then you get to apply online, and you have to fill out a lot of paperwork. But at the end of the day, now you're verified as a veteran-owned business, woman-owned business, or minority-owned business. Very good. Yeah, so, so again, as soon as I finished that, I went to the commission. I was like, hey, this has to be a way. You know, we've got to be able to do this. And it happened. Very cool. So yeah. uh, the, the bill that we're supporting, again, I want to make sure everyone, before we let you go tonight, <laughs> is 4274. Yep. And it's a bill that would change medical cannabis. It would give veterans another pathway to get their medical cannabis card uh, that would save them money, time, anxiety. They'd be able yep. to do it right when they go to the VA. Uh, so it just it doesn't take anything away. It only expands medical cannabis, especially Correct. for veterans. I definitely support this. I hope everyone yeah, does and writes their state reps and their state senators 
and comes out Tuesday to the state house. Where what is that at like ten AM on Tuesday? No, it's at, it's actually uh one PM to four PM. It's in the afternoon. Uh, the later one. One PM yeah. to four PM. So yes. later in the afternoon, one PM you come out on Tuesday at the state house. Um yep. I also want to ask you another question before we go. It's a question we've started to ask on the show and the podcast to our guests mm-hmm. in cannabis like you are. Um, we mentioned Shalene Title. We mentioned some of the other cannabis control commissioners tonight. Uh, this is the year that some of their appointments are up. We know that Shalene Title's appointment is up. Uh, there's some question on whether she'll want to be reappointed, whether she will even be reappointed. Um, if she's not, if she doesn't want to be, um, you know, and even if she does stay on, who who are, are there any people that you think that you'd want to see on that commission? Oh, wow, you know, replacing some question. of the prohibitionists. You know, um, Ed D'Souza had mentioned Horace Small. I think yep. he would be a great, great cannabis control commissioner. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anyone else. Do you like Horace Small? Do you think he would be a good cannabis control commissioner? I think Horace Small from the advisory board, correct? Yes. Yes, oh, I think he'd be amazing. I think he's exactly um, uh, the type of person we need up there. He's not afraid to go up against the establishment. I mean, he spoke at an event we hosted, the Cannabis Advancement Series um, in Holyoke, and he was on <laughs> on stage with uh, Commissioner Hoffman and was, you know, getting into some really uh, detailed subject matter that, that started some really great conversations, and it was because... He's being the voice for those that are that are least hurt. I think he'd be great. Um, I'd love to see possibly some physicians. Like I think having uh, uh, Dr. Peter Grinspoon oh on God. the on the book that would be pretty amazing um, wow. for everything he has done. I mean, he's legacy. Like everything his father's done. Um, I think it'd be great to have someone like him on there. Um, yeah, I mean that that is a great question of trying to have to. You know, imagine the, the, a different commission, you know? Yeah, that would be unbelievable. Peter Grinspoon and Horace Small got on there. My dog yep. is now barking. I hear sirens, so I think we have uh, <laughs> something going on in the neighborhood. Maybe we should wrap this up. But I want to ask you one last question. Would you ever consider the commission? Would you ever uh, be a commissioner? It, it, yes, I, I absolutely would. It would be an honor to be up there representing um, the people of Massachusetts and the the patients and so many different communities that I'm part of, uh, being a voice for veterans, being a voice for people in recovery, uh, being a voice for people dealing with mental health issues, you know, like all these things that we're told we can't do, yet every time I go to do them, I seem to find a way to do it. So I would it would be an honor to do that. I mean, <laughs> again, I'm trying to, like, clear my plate of things I can do yeah. um, so I can be, you know, a little take a little breather. But, again, it's like, no, this is the work that if you don't do, you know, it won't get done. So I'd absolutely do it. So, yeah, it'd be an honor if I got appointed. Even to the advisory board, I, I would take that. That was a very serious position as well. Um, I do think it's lacking that, that voice of the patient and, and also the veteran voice. Um, you know, for something that big to just slide through unnoticed that it was never completed, it, it stinks. Um but fortunately, like I said, I talked to Commissioner Doyle, Commissioner Tunnel, and Commissioner Hoffman, and, and they, I, I sense some urgency in their addressing it and that it will be taken care of and remedied pretty soon. So, Excellent. Well, that's all good news, and I hope you have a great turnout for your bill, uh, 4274. 
on awesome. Tuesday, Stephen. Yes, thank you, Mike. Thank thank you for everything you do um, for the community and being uh, you know so outspoken with everything and really touching on the issues that a lot of other people try to skirt around, and you jump right into them with with those people and those decision makers and a lot of elected officials. So thank you for that, Mike. Awesome. And, uh, again, we'll be looking out to see what happens. And uh, we're going to put some links uh, so yep. people can find out about this hearing and the uh, podcast. So if you're interested in going, check out the the description of the podcast, and you'll see the link to uh, the State House hearing on Tuesday. <laughs>